0: Life After the Fight is a show that speaks to everyday issues pertaining to our mind, body, and soul. We will address topics ranging from mental health, self-care, fatherhood, family, relationships, and more. Our goal is to encourage listeners to keep fighting through the obstacles, challenges, and struggles. The focal point is simple. Seek a fresh perspective, become teachable, and improve your overall health and wellness. If you're craving more growth and development, this podcast is for you. All right, life after the fight, we're back. How's everybody doing? Doing great. Um, Had a great holiday. And uh,
1: first of all, I can thank the audience for hanging in there with us through the holidays because I know that uh, if it's anything like our holidays, they were probably very busy. So, you know, if you want to briefly tell me what happened with yours, I'm not going to go into too much of mine because I am really excited about our guest tonight that's going to be navigating the topic for us to discuss. So, Ricky, you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your holiday
0: and then you can go ahead and introduce the guest. Man, let me tell you this. I'm, I'm going to keep it brief and short. It was sweet. It was nice. It was relaxing. Um, but and at the same, same. time, it was well-due, and I'm glad that we're back for another year,
1: another show. Yeah, I miss show. These guys. I yeah. miss
0: you guys. Yeah, I miss you guys. <laughs> so we're, we're back. And so let's just get right into it. I'm really excited, and George you know, expressed the same sentiment. We have a, a, a fresh new guest, and we're, we're expanding this podcast, and we want to be able to show not just diversity, but we want to open it up and be able to get different views from a man and a woman's point of view. We listen to the audience. We've gotten a lot of feedback over the last several months about saying, "When are you going to bring another voice, a female voice?" And so here we have it, Miss um, uh, Michelle. We we're so thankful. I'm just going to kind of introduce you who she is. She's been in uh, human resources for over thirty years, and uh, she is uh, married, and she has uh, two boys. And we're just excited for her to come on the show and to sprinkle this pro- podcast with some um, good insight, good energy, but also too a very fresh perspective. So welcome, Michelle.
2: Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure It's to have you. an honor. Yes.
0: So tell tell the audience mm-hmm. as to the reason why you accepted the call from us to actually come on the show.
2: Well, first of all, it was a a challenge because I've never done anything like this before. And um, after thinking really long and hard, because after you both really shared, you know what this was about, and you know the fact that it should be a topic that is, you know, number one, you know, a passion for my, of mine, and something that I could, you know, speak to and have experience in, um, it really gave me pause because I was thinking, wow, what subject matter could I touch on that I think could help other people? and um the subject matter that i came up with is one that is very near and dear to me and very personal and something that you know you don't often find people talking about or hearing people talk about and i thought well what better opportunity to have this could be therapeutic for me in many ways and so why not you know use this platform to share you know the information that i can give well, know, to the audience hey that's wonderful
0: and i and I think this topic, the audience will definitely appreciate. And let's just get right into it. We, we're going to talk about the product of an affair, mistake, accident, or purpose. Now, why is this topic so close
2: to home for you? So it's close to home because I myself am a product of an affair. And that's not something that you open with when you meet people, right? Yeah. And so um, it's not something that I talk about often, not even with my family or friends. Mm -hmm. And so essentially, uh, my mother and father were not married, and I was uh, born while my father was still married to someone. Mm -hmm. And so while I'm not going to get into the intricate details of their relationship, um, what I think I want to bring light to to a lot of people um, in general is that when you think of the word even the word that they used to describe an illegitimate child, the word bastard, right? Yes. It has such a negative connotation. And I think that oftentimes people don't think of the other side of this coin. Yes. They don't think of the child, yeah. and they're surely not thinking of the woman, you know, or man, you know, right. who took part in that affair. And so I think what I want to bring to light is the fact that those are real people, so I'm not talking about this subject matter to glamorize it in any way, but to just bring, you know, some to humanize it, really, because, again, me being that product, I want to express to people that while it has these negative connotations, it doesn't mean that you as an individual will suffer behind it, because right. a lot of people do. Yes. A lot of people do. You know, I'm sure male and female. I can only speak to the female perspective. Okay. And so I'm very interested in hearing from you both as well what responsibility you think a male has in this scenario in terms of the, the for example, in this case, like my, my, my father, you know, what role do you think a man plays in the positive rearing of that child that came out of this, what most people would think of as a mistake? And what I want people to understand and know is that I don't think excuse me, think of myself as a mistake. And so my mother did, and also to humanize my mother, because a lot of people think of the other woman as some, you know, homewrecker or someone who intentionally went into that situation to, you know, get this man or steal this person. And so that was not my situation. And as we go on and move forward in this discussion, You know, I'm going to talk about, or I would like to talk about how that whole, you know, situation, you know, pretty much brought my mother to her knees to, you know, she passed when I was 16 years old. And so, um, but there's some, you know, story behind that as well that I think we can get into later because I, I believe truly that the fear and the guilt that she carried, as a result of being in this relationship, took her to a place where it brought stress and it brought disease in her body. And so that, you know, is another topic we can touch on later. But again, I just want to humanize this situation and have people recognize that, you know, the person on the other side of that is not... A bad person. They're not evil. They're not, you know, their intent was not to destroy someone's world, but how do you humanize this situation?
1: You know, as I'm listening to you talk, Michelle, and first of all, I would say appreciate you sharing definitely such a delicate subject with yes. us. So I know the audience, if they if you could hear them, they're applauding you doing this because this is something that they're Probably thinking about not all. Well, I know not all of them, but there's somebody in the audience who needs to hear your story today. As I'm listening to you talk, what comes to my mind? First of all, you said the word bastard and its negative connotation. Well, any particular meaning or definition that we give to a word is just that. Our perspective of it, and the connotation is usually is because other people have agreed upon such same ideology with that. Mm -hmm. Because as I, you know, I I took the opportunity to actually look up that word before coming here this evening. Mm -hmm. And so the etymology of the word is from Middle English, and it was first recorded uh, between 1250 and 1300. Now, for the audience listening, the interesting part to me was that it was the offspring of a polyamorous marriage of many wives to one man, and that the bastard child was only given the title of bastard because it was the marriage to the woman who was of the lower status, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so she just wasn't the main wife. Wow. So it didn't come from just men just having kids willy-nilly, because during that time period women typically Mm -hmm. didn't have children out of wedlock exactly Mm -hmm. so i found that interesting because i always thought that bastard was oh someone who you know came from a situation that uh there wasn't spouses who actually started off with it being spouses but it was just a man had many wives now the thing that i think about with regards to what you're saying because you said you're not a mistake. No, you're not. Because I don't believe God makes any mistakes. So you're here for a purpose, a reason, and whether you've accepted or discovered your assignment, it's still there nonetheless. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now the thing that I thought about with that too is the fact that in your situation, it occurred to me that it's an unexpected result or outcome to an unscrupulous act. Mm. And for the the audience listening, unscrupulous means being or showing no no moral principles. Wow. So a lot of times (laughs) when we talk about things, we need to understand first what verbiage we're using. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we use words in this incorrect form. So you have to ask yourself, well, what would the situations involve that got you as the result? Now, for all intents and purposes, for the audience and for Ricky and myself, we don't care about the relationship as much as we want to know more about how has it affected you in your life to this point. I think that would really help the audience.
2: Well, I mean, I think it's affected me in the way um, when you meet people. You know, and people start to talk about, oh, my parents have been married for this many years or my parents have, you know, such and such. And, you know, I don't have that story to tell, you know, and I have told some people that I've met, you know, just in not I want to I want to say in passing, but maybe, you know, someone that I just met that I might be, you know, working with or just a casual situation and if it, the topic comes up I will say something to the effect that well my parents were never married. Okay. I'm not going into the details detail. of yeah. why they were never, never married because this my situation was not one that they had an oppor- my mom had an opportunity to marry this person it wasn't that you know, he had this child with her, and essentially there was a chance that she had in the near future to marry him and 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 make this situation what you would call right. That was not an option. Okay. Um he was definitively married. And so um but <laughs> I, I still no that. exactly. None, none. There was none. And um so you know, it was such that how it affected me i would say is that i had there was an occasion where a fam uh, we were at a family event and a friend of the family uh, you know was talking to my mom in front of me and they said something to the effect well does she know mm. and i'm like maybe 13 14 years old right and so how it affected me is that i will tell you this having children myself Children are very intuitive. Yes, they are. And they feed off of energy, and they understand and they know what's going on. And one of the things that happened was I figured it out on my own. And not long after that that person approached my mom and said that, um, she had a conversation with me. She sat down with me. And I'm from a culture. My family is not from the United States, and so I'm from a culture where you don't talk about your emotions often. You don't get into like you know these deep conversations, right? But she had to sit me down and have this conversation, and I told her I was like, I know already. I said I figured it out, (laughs) you know. And so to her surprise, surprise, right? And what I think that did, and this just clicked literally as I'm talking to you both. Is that it just made me grow up and made me matured me a little bit quicker than I think most. A number of things did, you know, watching my mother go through her illness and all of that as well, but that matured me. And, you know, I had conversations that maybe normal 14 year olds would not have. And I distinctly remember a time where we were in church and my mother refused to take communion. And um, so, and I looked at her, and I'm probably about 14 years old at this point, and I looked at her and I said, why aren't you taking communion? And I knew why. And I said to her, God forgave you, why can't you forgive yourself? Uh, I'm 14 years old, right? And so, she soon thereafter started taking communion. And so how has it affected me? <laughs> I think, again, it made me a lot more mature than most yeah. at a very early age. It made me appreciate and respect the role of you know, my mom and um, the fact that while some people may have demonized her because of the situation that she was in, I wanted to honor her any which way that I could. And so it spurred me on to be who I think I am today because literally the day she died, I went to school across the street from where she was buried. So I went to my first day of my junior year in high school was the day after her funeral. Wow. That's and amazing. so I said to myself, I'm going to use this opportunity Um you know, with my mom's passing, I'm going to prove to her that I am the child that she raised. There you go. And so I said to myself, okay, well, because I wasn't doing that great in some of my classes, and then all of a sudden I started to get into honor classes. And it I think that started the trajectory of my life. And so because I said to myself, I'm going to prove to this woman that she did the job that she set out to do, which, is, which was, despite how I came into the world, I'm going to ensure that this girl gets all the tools that she needs. And I have to say that my aunt played a big role in that too, yeah. her sister. But I'm going to give her all the tools that she needs to be a good and right person. And the last words that my mother said to me in the hospital the night before she passed was to live for God. And so I took that as my opportunity to prove to her that she raised the child that she intended to raise, despite how I was brought into this world.
0: That's good, that's good. And you know, I'm, I'm glad you said that because what I hear in how you matured quickly From this whole experience and how you were at the observation at 13 14 years old to understand Mm -hmm. what's going on the question i have for you and 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 i think i know the answer but i want to hear it from you Mm -hmm. do you feel that based on what you saw your mother go through and what she settled with knowing what she was in that that um motivates you to want to be better than your mother and be able to have an actual family that you can call your own without having to share?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. That is a great question. And I say that because, you know, it's it's hard to think of your mother who, you know, I mean, my mother was loved by a lot of people, a lot of people. She was just a really kind person. Um, but she made a mistake and i never you know it took i didn't hold it against her yeah. but it took a while for okay. me to understand she made, she made a mistake as perfect as i might have thought my mother was she made a she made a mistake and so she's still a human she's still a human and so what i told myself was okay Um, As I was, you know, getting older and dating and in a position to date, you know, who I think I wanted to date or what I wanted to find, I had opportunities. I had situations where married men, you know, either, you know, approached me and, oh, you know, I'm not in a happy marriage and, you know, but I really would like to get to know you. And I was always of the opinion, like, that's real nice but until I see some <laughs> divorce papers, or until exactly. I see that you've healed from that situation, I have, I don't want any parts of that. Yeah. And so, I...
1: Well, I guess a better word, you say, well, that sounds like a you problem.
2: <laughs> pretty much, I didn't know that at that point, so yes. I didn't say that, but I was like, yeah. my you know response, that's real nice, that's cute. But um, for me, that was not an option. And so I told myself, well, I am not going to put myself in that same predicament that my mother was in, because here's the thing, because she was so, such a nurturing and a kind human being in general and and woman, she settled. And no offense to my dad, I would would not speak, you you know, disparagingly against my dad, but she deserved better. And... I, you know, I had pipe dreams of her meeting, you know, this one actor of a, of a show that we used to watch and that she'd get with him and, you know, he'd have money and he'd be able to treat her the way she wanted to be treated. And so I just made that decision for myself that I'm not going to put myself in that same situation. And so, yes, it, it's affected me. It's changed me. It's, it's made me make, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm still human as well. But, you know, and so I've, I've made mistakes in my life, but that was one that I said, I'm not going to make because I know that she would want better for me. Yeah.
1: Listen to each other's story. The one thing that is very evident to me that I'm hearing is that you have the ability to extend grace to others, unlike other people who have not been in your situation you have a very much more understanding of things and the possibility of situations that could occur that other people wouldn't have because they haven't been placed in that situation. So understand that that is a strength that you hold that a lot of people don't even have. Yes. One of the things that I say to, uh, particularly some of the private clients that I coach, is if you do nothing else in the course of your day, extend at least half the grace to yourself that you give to others. Mm -hmm. And so I can just hear you telling the story about what, I mean, because obviously there could have been a place where you could have been very resentful of your mother and her choices. Very much. And you're not. You talk about all the positive aspects of her. Whether you're hearing it or not, I'm hearing it. And maybe you're saying it unconsciously. Mm -hmm. So I'm consciously letting you know that She sounded like a very wonderful woman. And I'm not going to say that she made a mistake. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to say is that she made choices that were not the most beneficial. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, the question I have for you in all of this that comes to mind, Mm -hmm. because you stated that your father was already in a committed relationship being married, do you have other siblings? I do. Um, And what's that relationship
2: like? (laughs) Um, I put more effort into it. So I didn't get to really know my stepmother and my sibling. um, Well, first of all, mm -hmm. before you go any further, I'm going
1: to correct you on that. And then you can correct me if I'm Mm -hmm. wrong. She's not your stepmother. She's your father's wife. So once you got okay. to know your father's wife.
2: Once I got to know my father's wife.
1: There you go. The children um, that they had happened <laughs> to be in your bloodline. Right. What was that like?
2: Um, so that was interesting. Um Yeah. That was interesting. I, I recall I, and this is getting real personal, but I recall a situation where and my
1: feel free. If you don't feel like you want to go deeper with this, no no I no No, concerned.
2: it's a good question. Okay. It's a fair question.
0: Okay. Um I let's say I have a few siblings. Okay. okay. So okay. my my
2: dad, you know, yeah. was an interesting man. Yeah. Okay. And so um, but the we're all, sibling we're, we're all interesting people. Yeah, we are. We're there go. there yeah. we go. There we go. And um the sibling that so my dad's wife. And him had one child, okay. and so a son who is about 10 years older than me, I would say. Okay. And so, um, you know, I remember I distinctly remember a time where my dad was at my house as a child, and I think his car broke down or something like that. And he had to call my brother to come and jump the, his his car. And so I didn't really know him. But I distinctly remember the look on his face, kind of like, why am I here? You know, because I'm sure he knew, he knew, knew, right? And so when my dad had, I was in college at this point, my mom had passed on. I was living with my aunt and my dad had a stroke Mm -hmm. and I had a relationship with him still after my mom's passing, but not a real close one. I had never been to his home, never met his wife. And so when um, he had the stroke, I distinctly remember going to the hospital because I I said, "Well, I'm going to go see my dad. I don't care what the circumstances are." And so my my my, his wife and uh, my sister-in-law were there, and I was just gonna. I was always going to be respectful because that's who my mother raised. Um, I was always going to be kind. You know, um, they got to know me a bit. And I distinctly remember my um, dad's wife saying to me, you know, you feel free to come to the house anytime you want. And I took that opportunity as, okay, I'm going to get to know them. I'm going to get to know my dad more as an adult. And I leaped at the opportunity. I was there every Sunday, you know, shared meals with them. I did. And they did me. It went a little south. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that's, that's a, to my speech knowledge, speech. not to my anything yes, that speech I speech. did. Yeah. But um I so you would be a
1: constant a reminder.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I'm yeah. sure and I look a lot like yeah. my mom. So yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, I did everything that I could, yeah. everything that was in within my power yeah. to help foster and nurture that relationship with my brother. And his his daughter, and you know my my mother, my dad's wife, and even after um, his passing, I would go visit. You know, I still maintain somewhat of a relationship with her, and so um, has it been reciprocated? Not necessarily, and that's okay. That's okay because for all I know, things came up, and they started looking at me in a different light. I don't know. I knew there was nothing that I did on my part, though to cause that. And so again, but I'm that constant reminder, you know, maybe of this situation or this circumstance. And especially at his passing, I wanted to make it clear to all of them, I didn't need anything. I didn't need any if he had anything. There was one thing he had that I wanted and I never vocalized it. He had a an onyx, a black onyx ring that I loved. And I would have loved to have asked for that ring, but I didn't want any of them to think that I wanted anything from that situation or that I was trying to get something from them. So I didn't ask for it, you know? Um, and I would hope, and I pray on, you know, the fact that I would hope that that relationship with all of them, you know, could you know, get better because I have a beautiful family that they don't really know. And, um, but if that never happens, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, I'm glad you said that. We, we're As we're coming to close of, of this program, I think the audience has been delighted by this topic. Um, but the one question that I'm, I'm sure that everyone wants to know, because this is a common thread that I'm sure George and myself have heard time and time again, um, how has your perception of men been impacted? when you started to get into the dating scene, knowing at a young age you were a product of an affair. like I, I I want to speak for the audience because I know that a lot of times men don't get the fair shake when they're first introduced to a woman who they don't know nothing about in their past and they're sent mm-hmm. through the ring of all these questions. So mm-hmm. just briefly, as we come to an end, how was your perception with men when you first started dating as a result of what you experienced with your mom?
2: So, one of the things that I said to myself consistently as I started dating was that I do not want to ever be in a situation with a man that didn't want me for me. Right. And so, because I felt like one, I deserved better, yeah. and two, I don't want to be anyone's second choice, gotcha. second fiddle, yeah. you know, side piece. Peace. I I refused. And so dating was challenging because, you know, I, I got into situations with, you know, some great guys but they weren't ready for who I was. And I'm not that proud, I was not obsessive, and a lot of women say, oh, they look for their dad in relationships, yeah. I wasn't doing that. I mean, love my dad, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. But I wasn't looking for characteristics. There were certain characteristics, I'm sorry, that my dad had that I thought, yeah, you know, I'd love for a gentleman to have, you know, that I'm with confidence, he was very confident. And, um, but at the end of the day. And understand, the
1: fact that you're here meant that your mother saw a lot of those same things. So keep that in
2: mind. True, true. Um, <laughs> and she's not here for me to ask. I, there's tons of questions I have for her. But at the end of the day, I knew for myself what I wanted. And I recognized that, not that it wasn't my dad, but that whatever I get, it's gonna be because I deserve it. And it's because it's gonna be because this is what he wants in me. And he wants me as a person and not as a second, you know, choice. So that yes. I think is okay. mm. You know,
0: George close, close us out. This is the <laughs> close, close us out. <laughs> no, this, no. Was, this, this was this a matter is, of fact. This was
1: this heavy. heavy. Uh, this is so well. <laughs> that I, I it's my opinion, and I hope Ricky concurs with this, we want to have you back because yes, I will. think that our audience, I know that I'm not, I don't feel like there's a conclusion here. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that there will be, because mm-hmm. you're going to continue to live, mm-hmm. but at least with this story, there are other questions that... Uh, We'd like to discuss with you and Asco, with your permission, if we can have you back for mm-hmm. another show, mm-hmm. then that would be great. Or are you, would we, you be willing to come back? Of course. Okay. Okay, course. audience, well, we're done with this particular uh, program with Michelle, but uh, she will be back with us for the next episode so that we can have, I wouldn't say a conclusion, but at least somewhere that we can rest with this story. Yes. So thank you guys for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you again. Life after the fight. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Take care.